The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The most important thing about your business could be how your products are packaged. Packaging is the signature that you leave everywhere, and it speaks volumes about who you are and what you do. This is Ditch the Box with David Marinak. In today's show, we'll talk about marketing, increased sales, and how it relates to product packaging. Have you explored alternatives like flexible packaging? You should. It can save your company a bundle. Now, here is David Marinak. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Ditch the Box, the marketing slash flexible retail packaging slash how to build your brand radio show. I'm David Marinak, your host. As you know, our show is about marketing and flexible retail packaging with a few other related topics in between, such as how to build your brand, dealing with major retailers, even supply chain. Normally, we start with a news and notes segment of our show, but we're really excited to jump into hearing from our guest, which we'll do and we'll do the news and notes later in the show. Now, Ross Taylor is one of the co-founders of Love You Foods, and along with co-founder Kara Leonard, they are real people just like you and me. They live, work, and play in Flagstaff, a beautiful outdoorsy small town in the high country of northern Arizona at the base of the San Francisco Peaks. Seeking elk and antelope on a daily basis is just part of the life there. And while they love world travel, being at home doesn't suck. I love that, Ross, right from your website. They're passionate about helping people be healthy. Between them, they've got a wide range of background experiences from commercial Alaskan fishing boats to law enforcement to finance and restaurant management to renewable energy and ecology work in the Grand Canyon. And you'll have to guess which one of them did what, and it might surprise you. What ties all this together, though, is a love of people in the world, local and abroad, and a need to be healthy. That led them to learn about food, diet, and travel-friendly methods of living a low-carb, high-fat life. Now about Love You Foods. Born out of personal need, Love You Foods is here to help you get the best quality, healthy fats in a form that is easy to carry, use, and enjoy. They research, test, and taste and source the best quality ingredients and put them into custom-made packages. The wealth of supporting research as well as their own personal experiences have led them to become strong believers in the low-carb, high-fat diet. While it can be relatively easy to find healthy proteins or vegetables, even while traveling, the same cannot be said for healthy fat options. This lack of healthy fat options in the market has driven them to create their own healthy fat product line under the F-Bomb brand. Now, thanks to F-Bomb products, finding tasty and healthy fat options at home or on the road is no longer a challenge. Whether you travel to the office or gym or around the globe, you'll find packages are convenient and durable and easy to take with you. They don't outsource their production, and they're not high-tech. They're about high quality and health. If they sell it, it's because they use it themselves. With F-Bomb products in convenient packs, there are also different ways to add healthy fats to your diet. They're giving you lots of tasty options for healthy, adding healthy, natural fat to your diet. Drop an F-bomb anywhere. Joining us now from Flagstaff, Arizona, co-founder of Love You Foods and Drop an F-bomb, 
Ross Taylor. Ross Taylor from Flagstaff, Arizona. My friend, welcome to the show. Wow. Well, thank you, David. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I appreciate the introduction, and I'm thrilled to be talking with you. Now, I can't resist the backgrounds of you guys, you, Ross, and co-founder Kara, Alaskan fishing, law enforcement, renewable energy. Your website mentioned the need to be healthy and travel fr- and having travel-friendly methods of the low-carb, high-fat life. Was, was, did something happen? Was there an epiphany of some sort? Give me an idea of how this kind of came about. Well, uh, Kara, my partner, and I have both had an interest in healthy eating. About 23 years ago, when my oldest son was born, uh, my uncle, who was a cardiologist at Johns Hopkins, really convinced sure. me that it would be better to eat a low-carb diet. Uh, we have a family history of diabetes. He told me about uh, Dr. Atkins and his sure. diet. And I adopted that. Uh, at the time, I was working as a police officer in Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona. And there were a lot of times when I'd go through a shift, and you never know if you're going to be able to eat or not. Right. Uh, and you certainly don't want a police officer out there getting shaky and hungry and angry. And uh, I just realized that I felt better more continuously when I ate less uh, carbs, fewer carbs, more protein and more fat. But uh, And Kara has a background in food. She worked with a food lab at one of the universities to develop a protein bar. We both have an interest in natural, healthy eating. Kara has a a restaurant that she'd started that was very successful. But, yeah, she's the one that worked on a commercial fishing boat out of college uh, out of Alaska. And it's crazy. She weighs about 110 pounds. So when I call her the fat lady, of course, uh, (laughs) 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 it's said in jest. But she has an interest in a a high-fat diet. Uh, We both have been pretty continuously uh, ketogenic. We can talk about that later. And, and right. we just generally feel better uh, when we eat that way. You know, from a personal uh, standpoint, I, I know I had tremendous success with um, an Atkins type of, you know, low-carb, high-fat diet. And, um, and you're right. I can't – well, I can. I can imagine the struggle because you mentioned on your website going against the grain and the food and government industries and their low-fat myths, if you will – you know, tell us how you're fighting those myths, if you, you know, because you're really going against the grain here with the um, with this diet in general. Oh, we are. I mean, a lot of people are fat phobic. The, the government guidelines for years have really made people afraid of fat. And there's a general belief that if you eat fat, you will become fat, when right. in reality, it's the opposite. It's carbs that get turned into fat. Uh and protein, too. You know, for about 20 of the 23 years I've been eating like this, I I didn't realize that I was eating too much protein. And protein, if you eat too much of it, will get converted into carbohydrates through a, a process called gluconeogenesis. And I didn't incorporate enough fat into my diet. So, you know, we've got to convince people... Uh, that fat is not bad. Just recently, the government changed their guidelines very quietly and said that cholesterol is no longer a nutrient of concern. And uh, There's a big movement really? out there in a lot of recent books. Uh, I think people are becoming more aware that we're very much sort of on the fringe for some people. The, the high fat, and again, I think it's important because you mentioned this a few times, that, that there's, there's, there's good, healthy fats versus 
bad fat. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. The you know it's been shown really that the vegetable-based fats like uh, corn oil, sunflower oil, which is a seed, but uh, and of course corn is a grain. But those kinds of oils and fats are not as good for you. Uh, that trans fats, of course, are really bad for you. Right. So we uh, we really lean towards the more saturated fats like animal fats, uh, coconut oil, uh, macadamia nuts are fantastic. And again, with with consuming the fat from from that that standpoint, um, what a lot of times, and I think you hit on this earlier, the 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 high carb is what satisfies people, if you will. But that gets that gets converted into fat. I mean, the the bad fat, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, and there's there's even been some talk about uh, referring to. Fats in your diet, which are essential. In fact, you don't ever hear of essential carbs because carbs are not essential, but fats are essential. Uh, trying to refer to, you know, fat on your body as adipose tissue because people make that jump from eating fat to becoming fat, and that's exactly the opposite of of how most people react. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Now tell us about Love You Foods. Did you start first when you when you you know how, how did that come about? You you know the the company itself. You have Love You Foods and then F Bomb product. I mean, give us a little bit of a, a background on how that kind of transpired. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's kind of funny actually because Love You Foods is the the actual legal company name, right? But our our products are fat based, and that was Kara's that was Kara's brainchild, Love You Foods, and. And it came about really because we do care about people, and we're we're born. Uh, our company was born out of kind of personal need and a niche that we found uh, was open in the market or lacking. But the F bond name, uh, we didn't know what to call the fat-based products. If you take coconut oil, and a lot of people do, everybody from you know Tim Ferriss talks about eating coconut oil in his coffee. Sure. Uh, a lot of folks do that at home. Uh, our problem has been finding it when you're out in the real world, away from home. But if you put coconut oil in your coffee at, at cool room temperature, it's semi-solid and it kind of glops into your coffee. And we jokingly called it glop, but of course that's not a great marketing brand name. Right, right. So, right. <laughs> but I, I liked it, and we we played on gloppity glop and Dr. Seuss things and. You know, just internally codenamed it that. And one day, I think out of frustration, Kara looked at me and was like, oh, come on, Ross, we should just call it F-bomb. And I was like, oh, wow. There it is. I like that. <laughs> you know, it's a, it, it raises awareness. It gives people a chance to talk about what is that. It attracts right. attention. Uh, and there are uh, things that people make called fat bombs, lots of recipes for fat bombs. So... I thought it was a genius comment, and she was joking, but after she thought about it for a couple of days, uh, she realized that you know she'd uttered some words of wisdom there, and so we went with the fat bomb, the F-bomb. Now, and, and what your products are at this particular point, and I know we'll jump into this after the break, but these are um, oil of some sort. These are, um, you know, again, tell us what an F-bomb is. Well, an F-bomb really is any way, any mechanism to get extra fat into your diet. 
you know, when you're traveling, you're out at a restaurant, it's easy right. to get carbs. You can get a salad, you can get a burger and hold the bun to avoid the, the starches and the wheat and the carbs. But getting enough fat in your diet is difficult. And so a fat bomb is really just any any mechanism that allows you to add fat. It could be putting butter in your coffee. It could be, you know, eating something that's, you know, got a lot of fat in it, like a macadamia nut or macadamia sure. butter. But, uh, yeah. you know, the, the fat bombs, we could talk a bit about what we're offering and what stages, but oils, trail food, all kinds of things. And again, as far as what that does with the body and all those other kind of things, I mean, and again, you guys have gone um, a long way to say that you're not a doctor per se, but you've lived this lifestyle. That's what's important. This isn't something you guys dreamed up. This is something you've lived for 20 plus years, as you mentioned earlier in the, in the segment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we are, we are not doctors. We don't play them on the internet. Right, 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 right. But there are just there are some amazing, really well-written books out there about, you know, ketogenesis, ketogenic diets. A ketogenic diet is just a low-carb diet where you are low enough that your body has really adapted to burning fat. Uh, it's the way our ancestors used to eat most of the time. And right. uh, for most people, again, legal disclaimer, not trying to convert no, no. anybody, but it's all you know, good. for people that do it, they... They tend to find they have better uh, energy, more consistent energy. They lose weight. Uh, and just ketogenic diets have been used to treat epilepsy, Alzheimer's, sure, uh, all kinds of things. And uh, there even seems to be some good evidence that it can help with people who have cancer. But just in general, for a lot of people, especially those that might have tendencies towards diabetes, uh, it helps kind of stabilize your blood sugar and sure does and especially for me it just gives me more consistent energy oh man i could go on and on and on it's time for a quick break ross so we're going to take a quick break uh, ladies and gentlemen sit back and relax but ross so much to talk about because i just oh man you've hit on so many hot buttons so folks sit back relax uh we're going to take a quick bike quick break we'll be back with ross here in a second You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net. 
or call us at 866-440-2123. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Channel, the bottom line in business talk. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you'd like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now, back to Ditch the Box. Welcome back to Ditch the Box. We're chatting with Ross Taylor co-founder of Love You Foods and F-Bomb Oils. Now, let's get a little bit further, if we could, uh, Ross. We were chatting uh, before the break about the F-Bomb and the, and the products themselves a little, a little bit, which we'll, we'll dig into, into here more in a second. But to be clear, you're really gearing your product um, to anyone, not necessarily athletes or those in shape, those out of shape. I mean, this, your products really apply to, to anybody. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we do have a big market in the CrossFit and endurance athlete community. Many of them are are eating low-carb diets and leading that kind of a lifestyle as sort of a secret weapon. But uh, really anybody, uh, in fact, the majority of the U.S. population eat too many carbs. Uh, and I think the obesity rates show that and the, the diabetes epidemic shows that. So we're we're doing this for ourselves. We're doing it for others, and our market is pretty much everybody. Now, let's dig into the products themselves. You've got coconut oil, macadamia nut oil, MCT oil. Tell us about each of them and what makes them special and different and, and what, they're, what they're primarily used for, if you will. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, these are our first four blends that we're releasing. In fact, they just went up for sale this week. Uh, the first is coconut oil, just 100% pure coconut oil, raw, virgin, organic stuff. It's the best coconut oil we could find. And most people would put that into their coffee or any kind of a hot drink, like tea, bone broth, uh, uh, anything that's low-carb, just to get the inclusion of the fats. The next would be a blend that we have. It's We call it internally kind of our house blend, but it's uh, coconut oil with macadamia nut and Brazil nut oil, so you get a little bit of the selenium. Sure. Macadamia nut oil is, is not cheap, but it just has a nice nutty taste to it and a real nice fat profile as well. And then we have a packet of just pure macadamia nut oil, also raw, organic, just the best stuff we could source. And then finally, we sell individual packets of MCT oil, which is a medium gray or medium chain triglyceride oil. That stuff has a smaller market. Uh, it's sometimes uh, actually prescribed for uh, some patients. Some people find that it upsets their stomach if you take too much of it. But there are right. a lot of athletes that use MCT oil, and nobody sells it in portable packets like this. Uh, 
you know, you can get it in a bottle, but that's difficult to carry around. In fact, that goes for all of our products, really. How about somebody like me, let's, for example, that, that has played around and had success with a, a low-carb, high-fat diet, and or forget me, but how about somebody that is clueless with this whole um, thing? Are there... Um, or are there plans to have sort of, um, you know, not just the products themselves, but, you know, you really almost have to instruct people on, on, on how to, you know, how to really make this part of your daily routine. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And we have, you know, we've talked about a, a starter kit for people. Uh, my sister really, uh, who lives down in Phoenix is, uh, one of the people that have motivated us to talk about a, a starter kit. She's learned for years from a dietitian that fat is bad. She's fat phobic, and she just recently realized that, wow, adding fat to her diet helps reduce her her hunger. Uh, she right. feels better. Most people just by adding extra fat can can drop weight. So we created a quick start guide, and we're working on developing a bit of a like a twenty page booklet. There are some amazing authors out there that have written some really excellent books on. Uh, coconut oil and ketogenic diets or low-carb, high-fat, and we certainly don't want to replicate their work, but sure. it'd be nice to have, and we do plan to have a kit, which would include a little 20-page booklet, some assorted fats and oils, and just a, an easy way to help people get going. Yeah, because I just think it's really going to help because um, there's so much of that that, I guess you could say, black hole, if you will, between those that understand it, like the personal trainers and yourself that have done this for 20 years and that were the other people who were completely clueless but know they need help and know that they want to try something different. Because, frankly, if I looked back on my days of that yo-yo um, up and down, the only – I would say it's not a, a diet per se, but the only lifestyle change that really took hold was the low-carb, high-fat diet. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty common, uh, and the mistake most people make when they try that is not eating enough fat. And I made it, like I said, I made it myself for about 20 years. It wasn't until the last couple of years that I realized that I wasn't adding enough fat. You know, and some people have a bit of a bad image. You know, Dr. Atkins was really a visionary, but then he sold the rights to make Atkins products, and a lot right. of the stuff on the shelf has things in it you can't even pronounce. And uh, Really, what we want is to go back to the basics, real food, honest ingredients. We don't have anything you can't pronounce, uh, and uh, there is a big movement nationwide, worldwide, uh, towards getting back to paleo, ancestral, however you want to put it, just eating real food in a way that I think is better for most people. You know, you made, you made a comment there, and, I, and I, I, you were spot on with that too, and, and all the traveling that I've done and everything else that I've seen between magazines and airport counters to, you know, newspapers, whatever, the thing that's fascinating is, is like you said, everything's getting back to basics, if you will. And those, you know, eat, uh, eat only what comes from the earth, if you will. Or, I mean, no, I'm generalizing, but... Um, but you're you're right on in how this movement is really going back to basics, and and you're you're really going back to basics. Very much. In fact, it's it's swung a bit the other way, where people are taking MCT oil and really hyping it or 
you know, uh, you can get MCT oil in a little packet with maybe two grams of MCT oil or in a bottle of water, which might have two grams of MCT oil for about five bucks. And there's no magic to it. We've got the same blend and we sell it for about $2 for a pouch of 30 milliliters, you know, an ounce. Uh, There's, everybody's talking about biohacking and nanotechnology and we just want to get away from that and go back to natural ingredients really in line with healthy eating and sell it in honest uh, forms. Well, well, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, so where will you be marketing your products? I mean, I know online, but I mean, how are you going to get the word out? And um, and what can we do to help spread the word about what you're doing? Because it a, it's, a, it's a very, very viable um, lifestyle change. Well, I agree, and i got to tell you, we just launched for pre-orders online last week, and we were quite pleased with our our response. We are initially selling online, and mm-hmm. primarily just to limit our growth. We're a small company. We're doing this in-house. We had originally planned on working with contract packagers. That's sort of the, the typical mechanism for a, a startup food company. You outsource it, and we made a pivot and decided to do this in-house, and that's how we came into contact with ABC Packaging and the stand-up pouches folks. And, right. uh, we will be selling in some retail, health, hiking, outdoor stores, uh, especially some of our trail products, but uh, that'll be next step. That's in the next couple of months. Right now, we're just selling online. You know, and, and again, it's it's so cool. And, and before we wrap up, we're going to make sure we give out the website and all that kind of stuff, but I want to keep talking a little bit about it because... A, you've been such a great client, and, and, and for us to be able to kind of help you along the way, we feel incredibly grateful. This is just awesome for us. Um, the, the show is about marketing, if you will, and flexible retail packaging, which, which you're using in your little packets. But you know, on your website, I'm seeing you using some interesting marketing techniques. We've got the Pinterest, and you've got the Periscope or whatever it is. What kind of tools are you using now, and what do you plan to use down the road to really help you with getting the word out? Wow. Well, David, I've been kind of dragged into this whole social media world. (laughs) Uh, I I almost say against my will, out of necessity. You know, I'm 54. I I remember when a computer didn't have a mouse, so this is all new. But we've gotten into Twitter, and I've had a lot of fun with that just recently. We didn't want to start our social media campaign until we actually had our our website and our products up. And I've heard maybe that was a mistake, to be honest. We should have started right. earlier, but we're in it now. We're using Facebook and Twitter, and uh, we're going to start sponsoring an online podcast this week. And the host of that introduced us to Periscope. I did my first Periscope video last week, and I think yeah, that's saw just that. a... Saw that. That's, I did that from a tower 120 feet up just to show how easy your pouch was to open. Thank you for that. Uh, You're awesome. That is awesome. And I think Periscope, I think that's just the the new media. Uh, it's a great way to connect with people. It's all live, but you can record them and right. let people watch them later on Vimeo or something. And uh, I've just been really impressed with that. And I wouldn't have known about it uh, had our our other friend here told us about it. And I think that's just going to be something we'll, we'll be more and more involved in as time goes on. 
Well, and, and again, I, I think you're right on. I mean, we're, we're always trying to look at those those trends that are out there from the marketing side of things. And I, when I saw you on with the Periscope, I thought I thought that you were that was brilliant. A, you're up on the on the tower, and 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 B, it was just it was a beautiful day. You got to look over. Um, I don't know where you're at, the ocean, if you will, or was it the lake or something? It was just breathtaking. Yeah, I was up in New Jersey, right on the shore, up on a tower, and you know, I had a kind of your typical pouch up there and to be quite honest i was i was yanking on that thing i couldn't have opened it without using my teeth and uh, we couldn't be happier with the product you folks have been providing us and and what you've allowed us to do so thank you for that i appreciate that that's nice of you to say because we and we're thrilled because i mean we really have built our business on helping companies a get started and B get to the next level, and you're you're right there. You're right there. You are. You know. You've got the drive. You've got the energy. Let me ask you before we we, we wrap things up. Where do you where do you see um, Love You Foods and, and, and F Bomb? Where do you see that in the next three to five years, if you will? Well, I think the fact that we call our little office Global Headquarters says something. <laughs> but you know, we have a whole bunch of other products that we'll be releasing all in single-serve pouches for portability, and uh, those range from salad dressings to, in fact, I'll need to talk to your team about uh, a coffee beverage with fat in it. Uh, We've been looking at doing that in cans, and I I think you guys have another solution. So we'll be doing that. Uh, Hopefully you'll see us in, in your local markets, and that's been our biggest single request so far. People want to be able to get it locally. Well, and I and I I just see that happening for you. I see you guys are just absolutely on the cusp of getting where you always wanted to go. And, and Ross, I'm just a. I'm grateful for your friendship for our little company. I'm grateful for you trusting in us. But I'm grateful for you taking the time to talk with us today. Now this has been great, and I appreciate your time. And and please thank the entire team there because without them, we wouldn't be here so quickly, and I think so successfully. Got it. Thanks. Love you, foods. Eight four four. My F bomb or info at drop and F bomb.com. Ross, you're the best, bud. Best of luck. Thank you, David. Have a great day. You too, pal. Bye. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune into Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. 
At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866-440-2123. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you'd like more information about our program, send David an email to david at StandUpPouches.net. That's David at StandUpPouches.net. Now, back to Ditch the Box. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Ditch the Box. It was great connecting with Ross and the good people that love you foods and drop an F-bomb. What a great energy and culture those folks have. Now it's time for the news and notes section of our show. Companies and brands you'll hear about today, Whole Foods, Kroger's, Nyman Ranch, and Diamond Foods. And news is brought to us by Just Food, Supermarket News, Pet Food Industry News, Specialty Food, and The Washington Post. Whole Foods Market said Monday it'll cut roughly 1,500 jobs, or about 1.6% of its workforce, over the next two months. In a statement, the upscale grocery store chain described the layoffs as being part of an ongoing commitment to lower prices for its customers and invest in technology upgrades while improving its cost structure. Many of the cuts will likely take place through natural attrition, the company said, adding that some of those laid-off workers could eventually find new jobs within the company, which has 2,000 open positions and more than 100 new stores in some stage of development. This is a very difficult decision, and we're committed to treating affected team members in a caring and respectful manner, said Whole Foods WFM co-CEO Walter Robb in a statement. We have offered them several options, including transition pay, a generous severance, or the opportunity to apply for other jobs. In addition, we'll pay these team members in full over the next eight weeks as they decide which option to choose. We believe, and this is an important step, to evolve Whole Foods market in a rapidly changing marketplace. According to the company, Whole Foods has added more than 9,000 positions in the past year while creating almost 35,000 jobs. Again, over the last five years, Whole Foods stock is down more than 40% over the past six months following a series of disappointing quarterly results. The Kroger company will launch a new private label called Hemispheres, which consists of international food imported directly to Kroger stores, CEO Rodney McMullen said in a Q2 earnings call. This line is an attempt to appeal to millennials and foodies who are looking for unique products. The line will be available in almost all Kroger stores, but McMullen noted some of the product availability will be limited because production can't be easily increased if there's a high demand. Some of the possible types of products are pasta, olive oil, and balsamic vinaigrette. Chefs are cautiously optimistic about the future of Nyman Ranch products after the sustainable food leader sale to chicken giant Purdue Farms. Purdue announced on September 8th that it will purchase Natural Food Holdings, parent company of Alameda, California-based Nyman Ranch, known for its humane business practices and work with family farms. Purdue is purchasing the company from private equity firm LNK Partners for an undisclosed amount. 
Nyman Ranch beef and pork gained popularity in the foodie scene after word spread about its cattle and pork being raised with all-natural feeds and the overall quality of the meat. Industry professionals are waiting to see what, if any, changes will occur at the company as a result of the acquisition by the nation's fourth-largest chicken producer. Chef Banks White was in San Francisco with a group of chefs for news of the sale broke. White is relocating to the Bay Area after leaving his role as executive chef of five in Berkeley to work as chef at Minton's in Harlem. According to White, the general consensus of the group of four or five, half of whom, half of whom currently use Nyman products, was that the brand already took a hit when the founder, Bill Nyman, left a company nearly a decade ago. People are more skeptical of, bigger, of a bigger producer taking over something that's smaller collective of farms in a process that's been working for decades. Diamond Foods, after failing to find a buyer for the entire company, will now look to sell one billion, one billion snack food company in pieces, the Post has learned. The maker, DNMD, on the, the market of Kettle Chips, Pop Secret Popcorn, and Emerald Snacks, has switched gears and is accepting bids on units of the company through mid-October, a source with direct knowledge of the situation said on Wednesday. There is a belief among investors that Kettle Potato Chips unit could fetch a price between $1 billion and $1.5 billion. The price above the $1 billion market cap of the entire Stockton, California company reflects the depressed state of the nuts and popcorn units. Diamond, sources said, does not presently have the scale to compete with larger peers. The company has debt equal to five times its EBITDA making it hard to borrow more than $100 million to fund deals. Selling one of the business lines could give the company the liquidity to expand. Estimates are a buyer might pay up to $200 million for Pop Secret and $150 million for Emerald Nuts. Diamond Foods this week held its earning call and received a question asking if it would be a buyer of companies or a seller. President CEO Brian Driscoll said, We think that our portfolio range needs to be expanded. We don't think we have the kind of range that's ideal for where we want to take the company at this time. He did say, he did not say whether Diamond would be a seller or a buyer. Let's face it, coffee has evolved to become quite complicated. The latest trend, however, calls for ordering your Joe from a tap chilled with a scent of effervescence in a creamy, billowy head. It's a change that Lakeland coffee houses are beginning to embrace. Nitro coffee has no alcohol, but it does dispense much like beer or a dark stout, which is a roasted coffee-like flavor. Think Guinness without the kick. For a coffee purist, there's nothing better than a glass of undiluted, cold-brewed, single-origin Java straight from the tap, said Annie McIntyre, of Lakeland, a Lakeland filmmaker and co-owner of Concord Coffee, a coffee bar in the city's Dixieland Historic District. You can really taste the difference, he said, of the nitro brew, brew that comes pre-kegged from Tampa's Commune Plus Company, which uses coffee from two roasters, Madcap Coffee of Michigan and Ruby Coffee Roasters of Wisconsin. The expense of a single origin beans from sustainable sources drives up the cost of McIntyre's Nitro, which sells between 5 to $7, depending on the size. But it's worth it, he says. It's high-end quality coffee that's brewed and poured with the same care and attention to detail that makers of craft beer impart on their products. It's not cheap, but as craft beer grows, he thinks that craft coffee will grow as well. Twelve years after Starbucks poured its first pumpkin spice latte, the humble pumpkin has become a cultural force too divisive to ignore. The deeply polarizing 
Autumn squash has, depending on whom you ask, become either one of America's most celebrated symbols of fall or an inescapable menace in a bright orange shell. But lost in the cultural debate has been pumpkin's unstoppable financial juggernaut. Once consigned to pie fillings and craft beers, the pumpkin now presides over a sprawling empire spanning nearly every grocery aisle, including pumpkin-flavored pet treats, baby food, tobacco, cheese, soda, hummus, tortilla chips, vodka, and even pumpkin-flavored soy milk. Sales of pumpkin-flavored anything and everything soared to more than $360 million for the year, ending this July up 11% over the previous year. The acres of pumpkin-flavored foods and other goodies have solidly proven that they are more moneymaker than a joke. Sales of pumpkin-flavored dog food surged past $12 million last year, up from $2 million the previous year, while even niche wares like pumpkin-flavored pasta sauces, chewing gum, and peanut butter all sold about $1 million each. Hispanic consumer trends to impact cons- food service industry has an important objective in the coming years, to gain the loyalty of Hispanic consumers. According to Technomics Hispanic Food Service Consumer Trend Report, Hispanics are expected to make up, to near- make up nearly 30% of the U.S. population and will continue to shape food service as their usage grows. Currently, 41% of Hispanic consumers say they use food service twice a week or more often, a 5 percentage point increase from 2013. The report noted family-style concepts and coffee shops appeal to this population since Hispanics prioritize eating meals with their families. In addition, word-of-mouth restaurant recommendations are very important to this demographic and friends for recommendations versus 29% of the general population. Nearly 70% of Americans shop online at least monthly, according to new research by Mintel, or one-third of Americans shop online once a week. Some 48% also admitted to increasing the size of its purchase occasionally to reach free or discounted shipping thresholds. The report noted that although 28% of online shoppers agree they always choose the online retailer with the cheapest price for the product they wish to buy, Consumers are now averaging $114 per order, per online order, I should say. This represents a jump from the online sales from $264 billion in 2013 to $304.9 billion in 2014. Online purchases are also more likely to meet needs instead of once. And the online research indicates the selection of products consumers buy online largely depends on their immediate need rather than use them all. Most of the purchases online were acquired occasionally rather than items that were for immediate or future use. Contrary to some current perceptions, consumers still prefer traditional retailers over shopping online, according to new Nielsen data. And digital technology, in fact, is driving consumers to brick-and-mortar stores. The firm's recently released Future of Grocery report analyzed digital technology and changing shopping preferences of more than 30,000 consumers in more than 60 countries. Among its findings, the study suggests the lines between the physical and digital worlds are blurring. Consumers are beginning to expect digital services with their supermarket experience. The good news for traditional retailers is that 61% of global respondents said going to the grocery store is an enjoyable and engaging experience. But supermarkets shouldn't be ignoring their digital offerings, whether that be at home delivery, in-store pickup, drive through pickup, curbside service, virtual supermarket, or automatic subscription. 
One quarter of global online respondents order grocery products online, and more than half are willing to do so in the future, according to the report. 12% of North Americans reported ordering online for delivery to home, and 55% said they're willing to use a delivery service in the future. 9% said they use a virtual supermarket or order online for store pickup, and over 50% displayed a desire to do so in the future. All retailers need to embrace online technology or risk being left behind. And supermarket management is now viewing digital offerings as a business requirement, said Jay Jacobitz, president and founder of Natural Products Consultancy Retail Insights. Folks, it's time for a quick break. We're going to be back with our final shortest segment of the day. Stay tuned. We will be right back. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866-440-2123. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you'd like more information about our program, send David an email to david at StandUpPouches.net. That's David at StandUpPouches.net. Now, back to Ditch the Box. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Ditch the Box. Our final segment of the day is a quick review of our newest ebook, Recycling, Flexible Retail Packaging, and You. Going green. Today's food and beverage manufacturers are making sustainability the central focus of their value propositions. Eco-consciousness is driving consumer purchasing decisions, which directly influences what producers are putting out into the market. Brands are committed to going green, but for these initiatives to be successful, the earth-friendly message must be consistent and completed throughout the entire supply chain. Large corporate entities are leading by example, both by reducing their carbon footprints and attracting consumers who are shifting their purchasing to smaller businesses that utilize locally sourced materials and ingredients. For established companies to remain competitive in appealing to today's savvy shoppers, shoppers, they must commit to sustainable practices that can be quickly and effectively communicated right on the retail store shelves. Packaging is a simple and efficient way to both tell your brand story and reduce waste and pollution that harm the world around us. 
Coca-Cola is a great example of successful businesses making strides in the sustainability sector. The company unveiled an innovative new bottle made from 100% renewable plant materials. Though the classic beverage inside is tasty enough to satisfy your sweet tooth, this particular environmentally friendly packaging is produced from sugarcane, rendering it fully recyclable and appealing to those concerned with the waste produced in this unrecycled plastic. According to Coca-Cola Enterprise's 10th Annual Corporate Responsibility and Sustainability Report, the company's packaging accounts for nearly half of the carbon's emissions in its supply chain. To produce traditional plastic bottles, large amounts of fossil fuels are burnt in the packet manufacturing and distribution process. This new packaging solution is part of the commitment to sustainability and support of a circular economy. The company also vows to use renewable materials that can be fully recycled and has set a goal to use 25% less materials across all of its packaging formats, including aluminum and glass. Not all brands have access to the funds and resources that Coke does to retool its packaging, but working with a supplier can help businesses of all size honor their commitment to sustainability. Brands are switching to lightweight packaging solutions to drive down cost and substantially reduce their packaging, their damaging effects on the environment. Stand-up pouches, flat bags, liquid pouches with spouts, and food saver bags are being embraced by leading food and beverage companies because of their strong barrier properties and positive effects on the environment. The packaging industry itself is also evolving to review is also evolving to review existing flexible packaging technologies used in sorting and material recovery facilities to make recycling easier and more productive. Still, misconceptions and misunderstandings still permeate through the packaging world, with both consumers and producers believing biodegradable solutions are the only way to make a real difference in this area. In this guide, we'll review any and all reasons why flexible retail packaging is a better solution for sustainable brands, why it's just as recyclable as any other container, and why it can help companies reduce waste cut costs, build brand loyalty, and stay committed to their mission to meet consumer demand through the entire production chain. Consumers who are passionate about keeping an earth, earth healthy and clean tend to toss around the word biodegradable as if it's the greenest and most efficient solution to cutting down landfill waste and pollution. The fact is, new, few items actually successfully biodegrade in landfills. Cardboard boxes, newspapers, and paper bags are not broken down by environmental elements when disposed of in this manner, so they remain buried under piles of trash along with non-recycled containers. Flexible retail packaging, like stand-up pouches, does not biodegrade, but for good reason. If air, sunlight, and bacteria decompose this form of packaging, it would not be strong enough to function correctly and keep the products inside protected before it's tossed out. In fact, landfills themselves function in a way that trash is buried under at least six inches of dirt, allowing no oxygen or UV rays to reach a majority of the waste. Santa pouches that do end up in landfills will, however, occupy less space than bulky jars, bottles, cans, or even tins. Using flexible retail packaging pouches means less resources will be needed to dig new landfills, which is a step in the right direction for the betterment of our environment. Santa pouches can, however, be broken down into a recyclable regrind or tiny pellets that serve as the main ingredient used to produce other forms of packaging, such as plastic tables and benches and bumpers. Stock and plain or custom printed Santa pouches can also be placed right into a recycling bin with an R code or an R7 code right on the pouch. 
such as, and it could be thrown away with such things as water bottles, Tupperware, and additional plastics that consumers dispose. While stand-up pouches can be ground down and used to create other products, the statistics on recycling in the United States are troubling. 75% of waste in the U.S. is recyclable. U.S. consumers only recycle about 30% of it. More than 87% have access to recycling programs, yet Americans throw away 28 billion bottles and jars per year. Companies concerned with prioritizing sustainable practices shouldn't necessarily focus on how their packaging is being disposed by the end user. While many businesses are making education on reduction, on reducing, reusing, and recycling part of their marketing strategies, what is done with their container once the product is consumed is ultimately up to the person who uses it. That's why today's producers should be placing stronger emphasis on their toll, the, on the toll the product packaging is taking on the environment during the initial phases of production. Staying apprised of the procedures your supplier and warehouse use to get the packaging into your hands is an essential way to ensure sustainability is being practiced throughout the, each step involved in getting your product into consumers' hands. Eco-friendly brands don't just jazz up their packaging and marketing materials with earthy graphics and words like natural or organic. They make sure they're reducing the impact their organization has on the environment every step of the way. This is why finding a transparent, trusted packaging supplier is so important during the first steps of ordering your custom packaging. They'll be forthright with you about the best solutions that are right for your product and won't result in excess waste. Transparency should be then carry over into your company's culture and education and advocates and advocates' honesty about the brand sustainability initiatives will earn customers' loyalty and build strong advocates of your company and its ethical products. Now, when stand-up pouches are created, they are produced with multiple layers of heavy-duty film that each serve a different purpose. These layers, some created for optimal freshness, while others are to serve as a canvas for bold and colorful graphics, are laminated together, resulting in strong culture, strong structure that stands upright. Pouches are more functional than traditional plastic bags because they're puncture-resistant, remain standing vertical when filled, and they keep products protected from harmful outside elements such as moisture, odor, light, and pests. Companies that want to stand out on store shelves are switching away from cardboard boxes, bottles, and tins and are using using lightweight product packaging as part of their sustainability initiatives. Flexible packaging like flexible box bags and craft stand-up pouches hold their structure but are significantly better for the environment during the manufacturing, shipping, and filling process. Did you know only eight empty fruit jars can be stored or shipped in the same amount of space as 153 empty fruit pouches? A fruit pouch holds more than twice the amount of product with 91% less weight than is compared to a glass jar. And finally, the packaging efficiency or product-to-package ratio of the fruit pouch is more than 14 times higher than the packaging efficiency of the glass jar. Some things to think about, folks, as we wrap up today's show. Again, on recyclability versus biodegradability and stand-up pouches and flexible retail packaging. Many thanks to our friends over at Voice America, Winston Winnie Price, our executive producer, and my producer, Jamie Berling. Until next time, folks, remember, it's your product. Package your property properly. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Ditch the Box. 
We're live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Please join David Maranak for another great show next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.